everyone, and welcome to this episode of Langer at the Mic. We're going to talk some hockey, first week of the NHL 2021 season, and some NFL football. We're approaching championship weekend, and as usual, we're joined by our special guest, Justin Pooney of Process Sports Radio, who, by the way, happens to be a fan of the Vancouver Canucks. Habs are set to face off against the Canucks in just about over an hour from now. So, uh, yeah, how's it going, Justin? I'm doing well, Mike. I'm doing well. I'm just, uh, I was just watching the Columbus Tampa Bay game right now. Uh, as you did say, I'm a big Canucks fan. So big win for the Canucks last night. I know we were talking earlier today. Um, just about how exciting that game was last night. I don't know about you, but I was so glad the Canucks ended up pulling it out because storylines of Vancouver of Toffoli scoring a hat trick in his first game back in Vancouver, uh, would not have been good. Um, so definitely much better than I was doing yesterday. Um, but hopefully, you never know, Jake Allen's in that. Jake Allen had a really good game and his first appearance against Edmonton, so that's something to be wary of, and hopefully Thatcher Demko can bounce back. Yeah, we're going to get into both last night's game and tonight's game, but as usual, give us a big thumbs up on this video. You can follow Justin at Process Sports on Instagram, at underscore Process Sports on Twitter, and subscribe to his channel, youtube.com slash Process Sports Radio, and of course, subscribe here at Langer at the Mic. But yeah, last night's game... I honestly found was just like it was a fun exciting back and forth entertaining hockey game especially one that uh, that you know if you're gonna stay up late for it's gonna keep you awake on the east coast if you're gonna stay up late for but honestly if you're a coach in that game if you're Claude Julien like you're just pulling your whatever little hairs you have left out of your I don't I don't think Travis Green was happy about that game last night yeah, like that was just a stupid, like I kept saying just, I don't know, one of my favorite adjectives is goofy and that was just like, I like, I might overuse it and I've just, that's, I can use that to describe this game. It was just a stupidly, stupid, goofy, but fun and exciting hockey game that yeah. just, and, and honestly to me, like as like, look, you know what, credit to your Canucks power play, like the Canucks, they, after going over for whatever it was in the first four, three, four games, whatever it was. You know they scored. The power play, the power play came back alive, and the big and it wasn't so yeah. much Pedersen and Hughes, it was the other guys. It was Besser, Miller, uh, Horvat. They stepped up, right? It wasn't those top two elite guys. It was mostly the, the secondary guys, if you want to say so. Yeah, and and you know, to me, like it, like just the puck movement was really, really good, especially down low. Like you know, you, the Canucks worked the 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 low, especially the low right corner, very well. I, I, you know, so many teams nowadays they play like the umbrella power play, but that was more of like a you know setting the play in the corner as opposed to up top. I mean, I think I the think Canucks... they run a bit, a bit more of an overload power play. Yeah. They kind of overload the one side where Horvat's kind of the guy in the middle, and they want to also leave Pedersen um kind of open on that. I guess we said top of the top of the circle, kind of that where the hash marks are on the outside for that one timer, right? That's kind of that bread and butter shot they want to go for. Um, but I definitely think if the Canucks power play can make that turn like they like did yesterday, that's definitely going to be a huge thing for them because I don't know about the goaltending right now. I'm still kind of shaky on Braden Holpe, uh, Thatcher Demko, right? Um, so they need their, their their special team to pick up and kind of carry that, what, what they lost in goaltending with Jacob Markstrom because Jacob Markstrom is not going to be saving your bacon like he did the last couple of years. But you know what? With that being said, though, uh, talking about Braden Holtby, you know what? You guys, that game doesn't get to a shootout yesterday if it wasn't for Braden Holtby and the saves he he made in OT. He definitely made a lot of saves, especially in overtime, like you mentioned, because Montreal was buzzing in overtime, right? And it was was a game the Canucks should have won. They should have handled it earlier from how they started, right? They let Montreal back into the game, right? They didn't, they let Montreal hang around, make comeback after comeback, and then it ended up dragging a little bit of a shootout, right? 
Yeah, and and honestly, that's that's the biggest takeaway from the the Canadian side that I found was just their their fight, the fact that they never gave up, and and honestly, the Canucks as well. Just both teams, they as undisciplined as the Canadians were, taking six penalties after taking seven penalties against yeah. the Edmonton Oilers the game before. I think they took like four or five against the Oilers in uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's what gave the the Canucks the opportunity, and and obviously the Canadians, both both uh, you know between the Canucks good power play and the Canadians not so good PK effort compared to how it's been against the Edmonton Oilers. That's what gave the Canucks three goals. But but yeah, just to me the fact that both teams you know fought back and forth and and just never quit, even though like they very well could have. I mean, it was always a one score game. The Habs they came back to tie it up on four different occasions. Like that was what made last night game as fun as it was for sure yeah I, I said um i think it's just a testament to the whole whole canadian division if you like you think about it these teams are so evenly matched right they're so evenly matched even against calgary when the canucks lost a couple to calgary on the weekend right it was kind of like they weren't blowouts yes the score line might have been big but the canucks that game they lost i think five two i believe to calgary or whatever that's because Calgary just had a really good period. They had a really good second period, right? And they got three goals. You look at Montreal, or Montreal's wins it, right? These these games are very, very like they're very evenly matched teams all throughout this whole division, right? And it's gonna be like that. Some nights it's gonna be you know a back and forth game. Sometimes it might be a blowout, and like vice versa, right? So it's definitely a true test of how much parity I think is in this Canadian division. Yeah, the Canucks right now with with four points, I believe, two wins. Uh, they're two and three, two and three, two and three. Yeah. So yeah. honestly, with and the and the Habs actually are tied for the lead in the division with the Leafs. They're with six two, points, two zero oh, and two, two zero oh, and two. Yeah, two zero oh, and two. So and the Leafs are three and two. Yeah. So the Habs being tied with the lead with the Leafs for the lead in the division. Are only two points ahead of the Canucks, and it's not like look, we're still early in the season, but we're still Super four early. games soon to the season. So it just shows how how tight the division race is going to be. It is. It's going to be like this the whole rest of the way, right? Where one week, you know, one team has a good week, and oh, looks like they're going to be, you know, they're going to take control of the division. Where then the next week they don't have that as good of a week, and it's back to you know who's going to win the division, right? So uh, I'm definitely kind of very interested to see what happens, right? But I will say this though, and, and we were talking briefly about this before as well. How like I, of the three opponents that the Canadians have played so far, and again we'll see how that carries over into tonight. Um, but I found the Vancouver Canucks were definitely the team that played with the most, the most, you know, the most fight, the most energy, the most juice, the most team commitment to defense, the most team commitment to offense compared to the Oilers and the Leafs by far. Again, the Habs just. You know, hurt themselves against the Leafs the same way they did last night with the penalties, and that's what brought the Leafs back to life. But the, the Leafs were dead in the second period of that opening game against the Habs, and the Oilers yeah. were pretty much dead in both games, except for maybe little bits and parts of of like the first period of the first game and like maybe the third period in the second game. But the Canucks, like throughout, throughout the entirety of last night's game, they they just that's why I'm so impressed with them, and that's why I chose them to to win the division. Honestly, because of how well rounded they are both on offense and defense they have star power they have grit and they attack as a team and they defend as a team exactly and i think the biggest thing like the biggest thing about it is travis green he kind of if you ever watch travis Green play as a player he was a you know like a third fourth line grinder type of guy and he really is taking that pluckiness that aggressiveness that never that fight that you want to see in a team he's taking that characteristic he has as a player and putting it towards his team right 
the one thing I will say with the Canucks is, as much as they, as much as I get frustrated with them, whether it's you know just throughout any as any hockey fan does with their team, right? As I'm sure you do with the Canadians, as I'm sure anybody does with any fan, right? I always will ne- appreciate with Travis Green's. He will never, his team will never quit. They will never quit because they have that embodiment of their coach and they have the right guys around you and good leaders like Horvat, Pedersen Hughes, um, even guys like Jay Beagle, Brandon Sutter, they're always there um, and they're always there and they're never going to quit, right? Quit on each other, right? So I love that about this Canucks team. I think that, like you said, they're, the way they fight together, just like you saw with the Montreal last night as well, the way they did with the battle and stick together and try to pull and muster out two points was definitely impressive. So with all that being said, uh, this is a little bit weird, the timing of this episode, because by the time it airs on vo- on uh, my YouTube channel and uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Langer at the mic on, uh, again, both Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the game will be well underway, probably. So, um, But with that being said, while we're talking about it now, you know, if you're watching or listening, then let's, uh, let's get into previewing tonight. And also we could talk about Saturday's game as well, because yeah. they, the, the Habs will face the Canucks in five out of seven of their next games as of last night. So yeah. tonight we're going to have, it looks like we're going to have Jake Allen in nets for the Habs. I think Thatcher Demko will be in nets for the Canucks. I'm uh, pretty sure Demko on- started. Yeah, any news on the uh, Edler injury, though? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I think the last time I checked, let's see this here. I'm be Googling while I'm on air. But yeah, no worries. I'll uh, I'll pick you up. But I yeah, think, just... I, what? I'm, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to think right now. I believe that it says Edler. Uh, both. Uh, both, both how many? Rick Dollywell tweeting out. Storyline. Hamannick's going to be out for a couple games. Could be out for a few games, what it looks like. So after I thought that, you know, Hamannick was going to play tonight, he looks like he's going to be out. Um, and there's no word on Edler yet. I guess you have to wait for warm-ups. That is going to be the case. Let's say a game-time decision. But either way, even Hamannick is a pretty substantial loss to that decor. And I just... Honestly, I'm going to make a bit of a bold prediction here. It was a crazy barn burner game yesterday, 6-5. I think it'll be more a bit more of a dud tonight. Let's uh I'll, I'll say the Habs come back and even up the 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 three-game series and we'll have a rubber match on Saturday for to use a baseball term and I think that it'll be a let's say a 4-3 hockey game at most or a 3-2 win for the Habs tonight. I come on the same sentiments, Mike. I think uh, with the injuries now on the back end. So, as you know, Jalen Chatfield already played yesterday for the Canucks, right? Looks like Jordy Ben might slide into the line depending on if Hamannick and Edder both can go. Um, and then maybe even, you know, uh, Brogan Rafferty, a young Canucks defense. So the Canucks defense is kind of getting, their depth is getting tested right now, right? Um, but like you said, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game like it was yesterday. I'm thinking probably 3-1 or 3-2 Montreal. And I'll steal a line that I uh, that I re- or I'll repeat a line that I mentioned to you before off the air. Do you think Jordy Ben will get a hat trick against his former team like Toffoli absolutely did last not. night? Absolutely <laughs> not. There's absolutely no plays. chance uh, Jordy Ben gets a hat trick tonight. But, but if, if he gets a hat trick, that means it might be a good night for the Canucks. So I'll take that. Or maybe he'll get a hat trick and then then they'll lose four three or six five hey, in a shootout just like Toffoli last night. But anyway, hey, you never know exactly. 
But you know what? We can. What 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 is good timing for this show for though is we can still give our predictions for the upcoming conference championship weekend in the NFL. We've done. We we've previewed almost every single week of the season here on Langer at the Mike and Process Sports Radio. So we're gonna keep doing the last one. Yeah, in the NFL playoffs. Um, You know, let's start by talking about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And to me. You know, it, and this is a story of Tom Brady's career to me. It's just, it's it's more, like, that was the defense that won the game for Tampa Bay last week. Let's be real. That was that was the defense that won the game big time. Forcing the, the Saints and Breeze, Breeze into three interceptions, the Saints into that extra fumble. You know, Devin White had a heck of a game. And, and yeah, that's that's going to be the challenge for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's not, I don't think, think it's going to be so much the offense dealing with Brady and that offense. It's going to be dealing with that defense. I 1,000% agree with you, Mike. I think that if you look at it, Drew Brees, you could tell at that game that he had nothing left in the tank to give, right? He couldn't throw the ball deep. He couldn't throw the ball to the outside. And that, you know, that was the game plan for the the, the, the Bucks. The Bucks defense was, okay, we're going to take away the middle of the field from you, Drew Brees. You got to now take the ball and throw it deep and throw it to the, the, to the sidelines. He could not do that. Therefore, that in four turnovers, right? So I definitely think going into this, I think Green Bay does take it. I think the way Green Bay kind of took over that um, Rams defense now, given the fact that Aaron Donald was injured, and yes, they were playing as Jared Goff, who had three finger, three pins in his thumb, right? Um, I still, I like what I saw, right? If you, I was watching a clip of Sean McVay on NFL Films, and he after the game, he told Aaron Rodgers, right now it looks like you're playing in slow motion. And I think right now Aaron Rodgers is playing so well. He's playing such great football right now that I don't see the, how Tampa Bay can stop him. I don't. And I, it's at Lambeau Field. I know that doesn't really make a big difference because Tom Brady's got experience playing cold weather, whether that's at Foxborough or wherever various stops he's made through the AFC. Um, I just think that if you're looking at it right now, Tom Brady's been playing good, but he hasn't played the same level as Aaron Rodgers this year. I think we can all admit to that, right? So I think that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers will pull it up. Hey, and also, you can't forget, Green Bay's got a decent defense, too, is the Darius Smith, Jair Alexander. There's act, there's a Green Bay has a good defense as well. I think that kind of gets undersighted by Aaron Rodgers, but Green Bay's got a very good defense as well. Yeah, and just sorry, one more note about Drew Brees in that last game. Uh, there was a report that surfaced today that Drew Brees played through a torn rotator cuff. Yeah, I saw that. Pl- yep, plantar fasciitis, and his rib injury was still an issue. I think he still had 11, 11 fractures in his ribs or something like that. And honestly, just that just shows the the courage and, or I guess the the toughness of forty two yeah. year old future Hall of Famer Drew Brees. And it just sucks I, that his last game of what will likely be the last game of his career had to end the way it did. But um, but yeah, just like you said, moving on to Green Bay though. I mean, I find it ironic how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, if they win this game, they get to play the Super Bowl at home yeah, in Tampa Bay. It's- yeah, but they got to beat Aaron Rodgers in the pack at Lambeau Field. The team from the south, the team from Florida has to go to Lambeau Field and the wintry conditions and beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay at Lambeau to 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 be able to host that Super Bowl in uh, two weeks from now. And and yeah, just while the Tampa Bay defense, again, they played a great game against the Saints. Like you said, Aaron Rodgers is playing at a whole nother level. And, and here's here's something that I think shows that is the fact that like even though Aaron Donald was hurt, Jalen Ramsey still played, and Aaron Rodgers found a way to to get three receivers over sixty yards receiving. Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, and and Robert Tunyon all had over sixty yards receiving. Yeah. 
And, and I think it was uh, Tanyan and Devontae Adams who had the two touchdowns in that game. And also, don't forget about Aaron Jones. So this Green Bay yeah. offense, they can, you know, between Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level and, and the fact that they can come at you in so many different ways, just that offense will be too much for the Tampa defense. And again, just despite all the weapons that Brady has, it's just Tom Brady is not at that level anymore, or even if he ever really was, to be able to win this game on the road at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers and the Pack. 100%. Like, I think you look at that last game against New Orleans, right? Michael Thomas, I think, not Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had no catches. <laughs> but uh, Mike Evans, he was shut down pretty much by Marshawn Lattimore. He had one catch. It was a touchdown, right, for three yards, right? I... And it was the Green Bay, the, the Tampa Bay rushing attack that was kind of the biggest story for the game. Um, I just don't think, I just don't see how they can replicate that rushing attack. Now, Ronald Jones is a very good rushing running back. Leonard Fournette had a nice game. Um, I just don't foresee it happening again. Now, we'll see what happens with Chris Godwin. I don't know if Antonio Brown is playing. He left last game with a knee injury, I believe. I don't know if he's uh, if he's scheduled to play. I'm sure he'll give it his best and all to play. Um, so that might be a big loss for Tampa Bay. Um, but like you said, I just think that the way it comes down to is Aaron Rodgers just playing so much better football. And I don't know about you, but I just think Matt LaFleur can coach a better game than Bruce Arians. I, I, I'll give me Matt LaFleur over uh, Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians might try to do something like, you know, his whole risk it for the biscuit type thing. I don't know how that's going to play out. I think Matt LaFleur trusts Aaron Rodgers. They got through that rocky year last year. They're all, it looks like they're playing on the same. They're on the same page, and I just see Green Bay just kind of playing much more smoother. I think this game. Much to my surprise, honestly, because Matt. Laf- I mean, Matt Lafleur had to have at least some say in drafting Jordan Love. Of course and drafting, he did. Of course, you know, a linebacker and AJ Dillon, and you know, late like in that with their draft picks, like they had a horrible draft last year. Green Bay Packers, at least at the time, that was the consensus is that the Packers had one of the worst drafts in the NFL. But exactly. again, just. To, to, to their credit, though, and to Aaron Rodgers' credit, of course, to to ignore that and turn in an MVP season and now be even more so on the same page as a head coach. You know, Matt LaFleur lost a combined six games in in, in two regular seasons. He's won 26 now. games and he's yeah. only lost six six games, yeah. So again, and 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 also your go like this Packers offense is is firing on all cylinders when the Saints offense clearly was not. And even Michael Thomas, he played through a lot of injuries as well. And he mentioned how he specifically played through them for the sake of giving Drew Brees that extra chance to to potentially win. And also, my prediction was the Saints based on thinking that Taysom Hill would be playing, but he did not play. And there was never that really change of pace to that Saints offense, except for that trick play they ran with Jameis Winston, of course. But this Aaron Rodgers, or this Green Bay Packer offense is a whole different, like a whole nother animal compared to that Saints offense. That was And just the last thing about New Orleans before I want to say about it is, as I knew it was never going to happen, but I kind of saw floated on Twitter like, why is it you should put Jameis Winston in the game? Because you look at it, well, their biggest play on offense was a 56 yard pass by Jameis Winston, who can throw the ball deep. Yes, Jameis Winston has turnover issues, mad turnover issues, but he can throw the ball deep. He can make those deep throws, right? He could have put the defense over the top. Um, so, like I said, I also, like you said, New Orleans was very banged up, right? And that kind of helped out Tampa Bay, right? 
more so I think the injuries on New Orleans aided Tampa Bay more than the injuries on the Rams aided the Packers. If that kind of makes any sense, right? Yeah. Um, so I just think like I think me and you are both in agreement that I just think plus also me, I want to see it might spoil my next pick, but I want to see Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think that would be um, a matchup that you, people really want to see. It's probably two of the most ta- the two of the most talented quarterbacks, perhaps in league history. Yeah. So again, both we're both taking the pack in that early game. But then, honestly, let me ask you this though, Justin: Should Patrick Mahomes? So Patrick Mahomes has been taking the majority snaps in practice this week, but after Please. he barely was able to stand up on his two feet after that awkward tackle on that third and short attempt, should Patrick Mahomes even be playing in this game? For me, like. It's hard for me to answer because I'm not in Patrick Mahomes' shoes, right? If I was, if I, and I don't know, we're on the team shoes now. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes being the competitor he is, and if I was in the position of being the competitor that I myself, I want to play, right? I want to be out there for my team, right? Thinking about it longevity-wise, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do, right? You looked at that when he, as soon as he got hit and he couldn't get up, I knew right away that hey, this is something that's not not good. And I knew right away he's done for the rest of the game. People, I was talking, I was on the phone with a couple of my friends who one of them is a big Chiefs fan. He said, no, no, Mahomes will come back. It's just the cobwebs. Will come back. I'm like, no, do not bring him back at any, this is your franchise. This is your Ferrari that you do not want to ruin, right? You have, you just signed a 10-year deal, right? You have the rest of your career to look forward to. Take care of it. But you know he's going to play. You know he's going to do everything he can play. If I was his family or, you know, his close friends, I would probably be advising him not to play, right? But we know he is going to play. And that's just terms of competitive year, competitor he is. Yeah, and, and honestly, look, Justin, keep in mind, we're both kinesiology students or kinesiology undergrads here. Yeah. Um, and honestly, just to me, like, I don't think he should play in this game because, like you said, to me, the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes himself need to perform at a high level for the next 10 years more than they need Patrick Mahomes to perform at a high level for the next three weeks. And Exactly. And, and I just feel like that's where you talk about concussion protocols in sports. You could have a whole, an entire so, show t- about such this. A Pandora's bo- such a Pandora's box, right? Yeah. Like, and, like, sorry, like, I don't know. Like, I was listening to Andy Reid's press conference. He said, oh, Patrick's doing fine now, right? He might be doing fine then, but how is he doing the subsequent days, right? How is he going to feel? He could be fine all week and then wake up on Sunday with a headache and have concussion-like symptoms, right? That's just how these things work, right? The best way to reduce a concussion is to stay off your feet, stay off physical activity, stay off physical contact until you've and and once you try and gradually get back into it, not jump right back into AFC Championship game, right? But like I said, we're not in his. We can't as much as people advise him you know the competitive nature of this sport and how he is going to want to play he's going to play right and i think that's just something that is a whole stigma in sports professional sports being that with that being said it's just athletes don't want to just they want to play right and it's it's unfortunate because you look at all the cte and all that but it is it is what it is right yeah, and, and honestly, just, again, using both our kinesiology undergrads' he, brains here, we're not doctors, but again, for, to Definitely me... Definitely not doctors or concussion yeah, experts to, or anything like that. To me, though, that looked like a hit of, of torsion or, or mm-hmm. just more like... Because there wasn't any direct contact to the head there. 
It was more whiplash. his, yeah, more whiplash, more his brain bouncing off against his skull. And, and honestly, that could sometimes pose more complications to just your straight headshot in some cases. Again, we're not doctors here. We're kinesiology undergrads, but not doctors. Um, and, but yeah, just going back to, like you said, the, the competitive nature, but also, you know, just the, the, the fact that the a concussion protocol is very specific in terms of you need to be symptom free for X amount of days to be able to clear you for basic physical activity for X amount of days without symptoms to then clear you for sports specific activity for X amount of days. And at any point, physical any little bit of symptoms, yeah. you go right back to the beginning and, and there's no way that that can all fit in a span of a week. So but yeah. like you, but yeah, just it comes down to the competitive nature of the athletes, and I guess also the business of the sport as well. And I, again, just I, I quite frankly don't think that Mahomes should be playing this weekend. Not because I want to see the Buffalo. I'm not saying I want to see the Bills win a Super Bowl necessarily either. But I'm just saying for the for the benefit or for the, the sake the of the good. NFL. And exactly. most importantly, the sake of Patrick Mahomes, right? This is his yeah. life, but the life, right? You don't want him to take another hit, for example, on Sunday, and we never see him again. Right, because that would ruin. That would not only ruin his career; it would ruin the Kansas City Chiefs, it would ruin the NFL, but it would ruin football. Right? This, the way how special this young man is in the game of football, is something that you want to see for the next ten to fifteen years. Right? You don't want to see him. You don't want to like same thing with Sidney Crosby. Right? Sidney Crosby got in those concussion, um, concussion issues, and you know he came back and played at an elite level, and we were that is absolutely amazing because he took almost two years off, right? He took almost two years off to really get his body back in the right state of mind. Where you see other guys like Eric Lindros, whose career was ruined, um, and all these other careers are ruined by concussions, and there's such a Pandora's box about it, right? Um, I guess we're not doctors, we're not experts on it or anything like that, but just understanding how physical sport is, right? Well, football, is probably, football might be the most physical sport out there. You're basically getting in 60, 60 to 70 car accidents in the game, right? And it's unfortunate, and I hope that nothing, knock on wood, nothing happens to Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I guess I'm in agreement, Mike. If I was him, and I would not want to play, right? So, but with all that being said, let's say he does play. Who are you picking in this matchup against the against the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City? If Mahomes is playing, the Chiefs win, no problem, no problem whatsoever. I think this team is, like I, I said a couple weeks ago before, I can't pick against them until I see somebody beat them, right? I, I can't. I think this team is just firing on all – they don't even have to play their best game. I don't think they've been playing their best football, right? Like, I think against the, the, the Browns surprised me. More. I think the Browns proved me more to me last week than the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I think the Browns – you know, that people's Jones touchdown that, you know, was a helmet to helmet hit. We're talking about that with the Mahomes hit. It wasn't helmet to helmet. That people's Jones hit was helmet to helmet, right? Um, on the goal line. I think Kansas City, if they play and Mahomes plays, there's nothing Buffalo can do. Buffalo's defense can't stop them. I know Josh Allen's having a great year and people want to see a shootout and all that. I just don't see Buffalo getting it, winning a shootout with Kansas City. Yeah, to me, and that's the real X factor right there. You just said it right there, the uh, the defense. Because, you know, Kansas City, obviously, they got let's Mahomes under center if he plays, and Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, you know. I think uh, Edwards Clyde, Clyde will be back for uh, yeah. Sunday's game too. 
so obviously we know what their offense is capable of at their best, but also you know what their defense is very underrated as well. You know between between uh, Chris Jones, yeah, Chris Jones between Tyron Matthew, you know is one of the best one of the best ball hawking safeties in the he NFL. Is. He's a playmaker. Tyron yeah, Matthew is a playmaker. He just makes plays, and and even like you know their linebackers. I have to shout out my uh, or you have to give a shout out to Anthony Hitchens, Anthony former Hitchens, Cowboys yeah. linebacker, Whoa. yeah. And of course Frank Clark and Daniel jo- uh, Daniel Jones, uh, uh, Chris Frank Jones, Clark, yeah, yeah. Seahawk right there as well. So yeah, just that defense has guy like has a bunch of pl- guys that can make plays, and they that kind of gets overshadowed by how good their offense is. And I just don't see the Bills again. The Bills don't have a horrible defense, but they just the to me I don't see the defense. Bills. Yeah, to me I just don't I just don't see the Bills making as many plays on defense as the Chiefs are capable of. And to me. Even if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, that could be the difference right there. I'm not saying I would pick the Bills if if Patrick Mahomes was playing. Or sorry, I wouldn't. I'm not saying I don't know who I'd pick if Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing. So let's say he. Yeah. Or I'm assuming that he is, and that to me is what will really put the Chiefs over the top in this matchup against the Bills. And we will have an Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl in two weeks from in two weeks from this Sunday. Honestly speaking, though, Mike, like I have no problem with any of the matchups. To be honest with you. If it's Buffalo versus Tampa Bay, Brady versus the Bills, they've seen it for the last 20 years of Tom Brady beating on the Bills. Can the Bills finally get back at Tom Brady by winning a Super Bowl, right? Could, you know, we could have Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. We could have Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen. I think any storyline, the way it goes, it's going to be a great Super Bowl matchup. Oh, yeah. The top four, the, the teams in the final four are definitely deserving of being there. And yeah. you know, just it it'll it'll be fun on Sunday. It'll be a lot of fun, and it'll be it'll be a fun Super Bowl regardless. Even though you know it won't be as it usually is with the pandemic. Of course, I mean it might be because it's in Florida, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was I I heard there will be uh, um some fans in the game. I think at, in Tampa, I think they said they're gonna have frontline workers, which would be great to see. I think frontline essential workers will get a chance to maybe who never get a chance to see a Super Bowl get to watch the Super Bowl safely. Oh yeah, and honestly like they are like more than deserving of it after what of they've course, been uh, like course. nurses, caregivers, heck even people that that work at grocery stores and all that like grocery store exactly and coffee uh, food shops deli- like, food delivery drivers all of yeah. all those people right there. and I think and I was listening to I forget who I was listening to I believe it might have been Tim and Sid they were talking about how when you know eventually here in Canada when we're allowed to go back to watch live sporting events and those who were essential workers in hospitals, doctors' offices, grocery stores, whatever, they are the first ones to get a the chance to go back. And I am totally in agreement with that. I think those people who sacrificed all their all that time, the hours, their lives, their health, to make sure this con- this country continues to move on, but for people like us to get groceries, to be able to you know, live, right? I hope they get the first chance to go back into games. For sure. And, and not only that, but you know, they're also the first members of the population that have been vaccinated in all likelihood so that is also that's true. another huge factor so all the more reason yes, yes. but uh but yeah justin hey thank you so much for uh for joining for joining langer at the mic once again this week and we're hey, looking Mike, forward- just yeah I, I, just to cut you off sorry yeah I no just worries have the tampa bay, i just have the tampa bay columbus game in the background right now right pierre luc dubois he requested a trade i just want to ask you right now how much ice time do you think he has so far after two periods um, I'm gonna say around, let's say nine minutes or eight minutes. Three minutes. 
He has three minutes of ice time. Whoa, I, wow. I looked, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I just saw the NBC ticker. He did not play in the second period at all. Benched for the entire, wow. Wow, that's honestly, I was almost going to say, like I thought you were going to ask me about whether you know the Canadians should be interested of how, how, what I've thought about that. I was, and I was going to respond that I believe it kind of got put to rest for now. But, you know, Columbus, man, if that's how they're going to treat their number one center, if that's how Torts yeah. is going to treat their number one center, and if they're not going to win games, honestly... I feel like Torts is going to be closer to on his way out than than Pierre Luc Dubois in my view because I think bring bring Pierre Luc Dubois to Montreal, man. That'll be a <laughs> that'll be a really good thing. Yeah, well, well, again, we'll see, man. We'll see. I I don't think I don't see it happening during the regular season, but you know, either Torts goes or Pierre Luc Dubois goes this off season. I can I, I'm fairly certain about that. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much again, Justin, for joining. This has been a Langer at the mic. Hockey recap and NFL conference championship preview. Once again, you can follow Justin at Process Sports on Instagram at underscore Process Sports on Twitter. Subscribe to his channel. Give us a big thumbs up on this video and follow me at both at Mike Langer on both Twitter and Instagram. And thank you so much for watching. We'll see you again next time.